0: Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. Joining me now, you just heard his voice. That is Louisiana Raging Cajun softball coach Jared Glasgow. His team getting ready for the Baton Rouge Regional this weekend. It's that time of year. Good morning, coach. How are you? Doing great. Well, I got to start with what I heard you say last night. I don't want to be known as um, Regional Glasgow, uh, did that just kind of come to you in the moment I mean how often do you think about just wanting to break through that glass here at UL and and get to that super regional
1: well you think about it a lot I mean you you're you trying to figure out how to win the regional that's that's been a challenge you know and and when I was at University of georgia it seemed like winning the regional was really easy uh the first 13 regional games that I coached in college we won every one of them. Uh, But, you know, you're in the SEC and you're hosting. You're playing on your home field. There's a lot of reasons why it's easier that way. And then, you know, you come here to Louisiana, and I know we've had really, uh, really good teams. I thought the 18 team, I thought they overachieved. I thought they just played with so much heart and so much passion and so much fight. That you know when they got to LSU and and won the first game and got to and forced the if game and then we're one to one in the sixth and then the umpire missed the call at home plate uh, when Lexi Como tagged the girl out. I mean it was clearly an out call. We missed it. We didn't get that call. And and I thought. You know, that team had played so hard and so much passion, it just like broke us. It broke us when and it was late. It was in the bottom of six if I remember right. But I thought I didn't feel bad about that performance in the regional. I thought that team was really good, um, in in a way that you're proud of as a coach because they were so um, competitive and if anything overachievers. And you look at it, the eighteen team played Baton Rouge and LSU way better than the 17 team on paper. And the 17 team on paper had way more talent. So I was really proud of Lexi Como and Carol Grimion and that group of girls. I thought they just balled out. Um, and then at, at Ole Miss, I thought we, we come out, we won the first game, if I remember right, 2 to nothing, And, you know, we, we we were in a position to win the Ole Miss Regional in 19. And, um, and I, I liked what we did there early. And then in the championship game, you, you remember their center fielder jumped the fence and mm-hmm. took away Julie Rawls' home run. I mean, it was over the fence. And the girl made the play. And, and I had to give her credit. You know, when she made the play, I, I turned to Nathan Nelson, who was a volunteer assistant at the time, and said, when you make that catch, your team should go on. You should win the game for your team when you make, when you make that play. And it was in the middle of the game. And, but it was that significant a play. We still had the lead. We held the lead 4-3 in the seventh. You know, we had runners at second and third. You know, we had, we had runners at second and third, one out. And I thought, I, I asked the pitching coach to, to walk and load the bases. I wanted to force the force out at home. And for whatever reason, that didn't happen. He pitched to her. Well, they bunt and score and then they bunt again and load the bases, and then they hit a slow roller with one out, and we end up losing that game 5-4. But I thought we put ourselves in a position to win that region. We just didn't close it out. And so, for me as a head coach, and then last year we got wiped out with COVID. When last year was the year we were set up, we would have hosted. And we lost that because of COVID. So, now here we are. We're going on the road to an SEC school. But I think we're going on the road with the most talented team we've ever had. And we've had a lot of reasons why we haven't peaked – earlier, uh, but I feel like this team peaked. is peaking right now at the right time. I think this is, in my mind, this is the most talented college softball team I've ever coached. Now, we got to back that up on the field next week like we did. I thought last week they backed that statement up pretty good. But um, as a coach, it's, it's really important. There's no denying that. Uh, I want this regional bad. Um, the girls want it bad. We need to step up. We need to play to our ability. And if we do that, it's going to be a really good set of games over at LSU. ESPN
0: 1420, Coach Jerry Glasgow, Rage and softball coach, our guest. Yeah, congrats on winning the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. A dominant performance on Saturday, Coach. After the game, uh, you were asked about you know any thoughts on where you might be going next week. And you had, you had a hunch, Baton Rouge Regional, and, and I think me and everyone else that kind of follow softball a little bit, thought Baton Rouge Regional. I thought maybe you guys would be squared up against McNeese, but they uh, they are there, but they're the fourth seed. You have George Washington as a, as a three. So a couple of things I want to unpack there. First of all, you you, you like how your team's playing right now, and uh, you, you mentioned your chances and, and the goal to win the regional. How do you feel about that regional overall? Do you like the draw? Do you like where you guys are?
1: Yeah, I, I like the draw. I thought, you know, I don't think they're going to send you next year. I don't think they'll want to send us to LSU. I don't think they'll want to want to send us there two years in a row. And I don't think they're likely, if we have a, if we have a, a really good season and would get into that top, you know, hosting spot, I don't think they'll send LSU to us. I don't think you'll see two years in a row. But with last year being a COVID year, and, and you know, we didn't have the LSU Louisiana Regional, in in 2019, we went to Ole Miss. I thought, I just thought it was logical that they would send us this. It made sense, and I think it's one of the things that the committee did that did make sense. Where they did a lot of things that don't make sense when you first look at it, at least. Um, and I thought that this part did make sense. I like our draw. I mean, it wouldn't have surprised me to play the McNeese in the first round, who's got a really good team, and I think deserving another three C's. Um and I, and I don't know much about George Washington um but I welcome that I mean you you don't expect it to be easy you don't want the path to be easy you want to go to the world series you want it to be a you expect it to be a hard path and you want it to be a hard path because that's what's going to prepare you for that second round if you can get through the regional
0: if you guys win the regional do you know I, it's I was trying to figure it out, reading up on it. Would the yeah, Super Regional know. be in Baton Rouge or Tallahassee? You're not sure yet either?
1: No, I think the committee has said that they will announce on Monday night after the Regional I got you. where the okay. eight Super Regionals will be held at. So I've got to believe that they're making that announcement based on it could be it, they don't know. Otherwise, I think they would have went ahead and told us. I don't think anybody knows yet, but I would I, I would expect that we would, well, I'm not going to say anything. I don't gotcha. know. It's I all really good. Yeah, know. I
0: mean, th- look, there's some uncertainty here. I think you said last night with George Washington. Now it's it's going to be hard to find some film, um, you know, but I, I know you yeah, got to guess. Lots
1: of film. I found there's a lot of film. On ESPN Plus, they had their whole conference tournament, the A-10 tournaments on there. Um, there's plenty of film. So that that's overcome already.
0: All right. So, so did you just stay up last night watching film? You're already kind of digging in?
1: Yeah, I kind of know, you know, like their number one pitcher is 21 and uh 8 and 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 has like 120 strikeouts, 105 innings, so averages about 7 strikeouts a game. Their number two pitcher is like 14 and 1 or 12 and 1, I mean, they got a really good number two. Uh and again is right out a strikeout an inning, but then you looked at in the championship game against Dayton, they went 9 innings Uh, in the A-10 championship, and they had three strikeouts in nine innings. And then I think the next game, they split the two pitchers uh, in that nine-inning game. But then in the next game, they they had low strikeout numbers. So it doesn't look like a team that's going to go out there and strike out, you know, 12, 14 of our batters. It's not not like we're going to be facing um, the pitcher from Alabama – but but you're not, you know, it's not a Montana Fox type pitcher. It's going to have a high number of strikeouts. Mm-hmm. But she's going to put the ball in the corners of the strike zone. Looks like she can be very effective at times. And we're going to have to hit. And so I think it'll be very similar in competition to what we saw in the Sunbelt tournament. I think, you know, very good teams there and capable of beating you. But if we played to the level that we're, if we played to our highest level, if we played to our highest level of ability, we can play and compete. Uh, it's a team we should move right on to the next
0: round with. ESPN fourteen twenty, Coach Jerry Glasgow. I guess. Well, I know that the the goal is one game at a time. You got to win in advance. How do you balance that approach, Coach, with trying to win a regional overall? Right. You're making a pitching decision or a lineup decision. I'll say a pitching decision. Do you do you look at each game in a vacuum, or do you look at okay overall with this regional? This is how I'm going to approach this game because of the regional overall. Does that question make sense?
1: Yeah, I think you go in and I'll have a plan for every possibility. You know, if we win the first game, we go to the second game, that's the route we'd like to take. We'd like to, to win that first game and right on to the next game and and, and like to win it. Th- I thought we had the perfect route in Ole Miss, and then we learned how quickly that can fall apart on on a – Championship Sunday, uh, and I think that experience at Ole Miss will really help us. But we'll, we'll plan for every scenario. If we would drop the first game and get in the losers bracket, what do we have to do to come back out? And we'll have a plan for every single scenario, win or lose each game, because that's a possibility. And, and you know, you 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 get an NTA Regional, there's going to be two seeds upset by the three seed. There's going to be one seed upset by the four seed one time or two times. But, and I'll guarantee you, LSU takes McNeese serious. That's a good matchup. McNeese is a very, very capable, well-coached team, and they're familiar with LSU. So I I think LSU would tell you they feel like their draw is, you know, they probably feel like their draw is as tough as our our draw. And it's, it's going to be a really good regional.
0: You mentioned the familiarity aspect of of three of these four teams in the Baton Rouge regional. Um, is there is there a, 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 a upside or downside of preference? Right when you there's a lot of familiarity with the opponent. Is that could that possibly be a negative? Or do you only look at that as hey, look, you got you already know what you're going to get. You don't have to spend as much time on other aspects of it. Do you, do you prefer the familiarity, or do you kind of like what you have with George Washington? Just hey, I'm just kind of starting to to open up this book a little bit and look through the pages.
1: Yeah. I I guess I'm indifferent to it, Scott. I, I, you take what you get and then you, you have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we would have got McNeese. That would have been some advantage of that. I have a lot of film on them. I already, you know, we already have seen matchups. We know their pitching staff. We know what speeds they throw and vice versa. They do for us, which is a negative. Um, they're really well coached. Uh, so is George Washington. George Washington is extremely well coached. Shane Winkler coached in the NPF. I've coached against him several games in the NPF, and you know he's a he's a very good coach, a very knowledgeable coach, and he'll have a game plan that is going to come out, and you know they'll have a game plan to beat us that we'll have to overcome that game plan because he he can coach. So no matter which way it goes, you're, it's going to be it's going to be challenges to it. There's going to be advantages to. It. A local opponent is going to be advantages to a distant opponent. There's going to be disadvantages both ways. Um, so nothing we can do at this point, except make sure we play our best ball of the year. I felt like we did a really good job of being in a postseason. Um, you know, at the Sunbelt tournament, my kids are competing in a postseason form. That was a really good. And I, I think we'll come out and we'll match that. I think, Players like Dalton know how to compete in the postseason. And this is what I think we're going to see out of this bunch of kids. You know, Rawls has been through so many postseasons now. She's an experienced player in the postseason. Uh, she was tremendous at Ole Miss, uh, competed really well. But Sierra Bryant and Juice Mills, I mean, those are kids that has been to super regionals. They've been to World Series, they've played in it. Gutierrez has played in the World Series, has competed really well in regional championships. You know, as a player at Arizona State, she went back to Texas where she was a transfer out of Texas to Arizona State, and she dominated that Texas regional, had seven RBIs. And, and then, you know, she played really well at Alabama in a regional where that Arizona State got sent to Alabama. So all of a sudden you look at our roster and you realize, like, we got, you know, Caitlin Aldering who's played in a World Series and who's been in a regional final at Louisiana Lafayette and lost nine to eight in extra innings in a regional championship game. Aldrink was on the field in that game back in 2017, you know, and uh, Louisiana scored nine runs and, and beat us 9-8. I was hitting coach for A&M, so I remember it, and she remembers it. And those 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 games mold you as a player over your career. So here we got now Aldrin at 20, what, 23 years old mm-hmm. and been through all these wars. And, you know, she's had failure, like the extreme loss at Louisiana, and then she's had success where, you know, she got to go on and beat Tennessee on the road at Tennessee, had, the, had big hits in that game, by the way, and beat Tennessee on the road at Tennessee in the Super Regional and, and helped lead A&M, not just go with A&M, but she helped lead A&M to the World Series in 2017. And, and here we are, you know, four years later. I think she's very capable. Uh, of winning any game that she steps on the field. And so Summer Ellison, likewise, you know, she's been in big game after big game. She's she's had success and she's had failure, and she wants success back. And I think that all this stuff that we're talking about is why I'm so optimistic about this team. I think we're going to play really good. I think we're going to play really well next week.
0: Jerry Glasgow has been our guest, ESPN 1420, KPEL Lafayette. I'm Scott Prather. Uh, Just two more questions for you, Jerry. We really appreciate the time you've taken all season to join us on Monday mornings. I asked Sierra Bryan, the Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year last night, what the most consistent message has been from you to the team. She paused for a minute and thought about it, and she said, I think it's to play for one another that the entire lineup relies on one another. She said, I've been some places, you know, you're you're leaning more on one through four or the middle of the lineup. She says, here, it's one through nine to play for one another. Now, I, I theorize maybe she paused for a minute because you, you've had a number of messages that are consistent to the team. But what would you say your most consistent message has been to the team, both this season and I guess just over the last 48 hours that you guys have been preparing for this postseason?
1: Yeah, I think that I think she's dead on there. The key to this team is to take pressure off yourself and be able to just perform as a team. And so uh, what I mean by that is I don't need Alyssa Dalton to feel like she's got to be three for three. If she's feeling like she's got to go three for three at the plate for us to win, that puts pressure on Alyssa. That doesn't help her. All I need Alyssa to do is go out there and play a great shortstop for us, something that she does very easily, something she'll do every day. If she'll go out there and be a great teammate, and a great defensive shortstop for us and really help our other teammates feel comfortable, we're going to be in great shape. Cause we got hitters up and down the lineup. And, and, you know, our strength, you look at our one through four hitters, we usually match up really well. We're usually as good or better than the team we're playing at one through four, but we're always better. We're always better than the other team, six, seven, eight, nine. And, and that's what I finally think they've come to understand that. Like, you know, we don't have to have anybody be a superstar. We just have to all, whoever nine's in our lineup on any given night, do their job, and, and that's where we get really good. When you look down there at the six, seven, eight, nine, and you've got, you know, players batting three fifty and players batting three thirty, and and now they're starting to understand their roles and they're playing as a team. I'm just so proud of the way they matured. You know, Bailey Curry is, she's a monster. She's just such a great hitter. And, and what people don't know is she's a great person. Like Bailey is a, she's a uh, just a lovable, uh, really affectionate kid that's always hugging, and she just she just loves people. And and yet her role with this team, you know, can be confusing sometimes because we we got her in the lineup, we got her out of line, but she's so important. And when she's rolling, like she's rolling right now, we're hard to stop because you. If you've got her in the start lineup, they got to deal with her three or four times. And if we don't have her in that starting lineup, uh, you know they got to deal with her in a big moment, a crutch situation. They and they don't want to pitch to her when the bases are empty, but when you put her in with people on base and they have to pitch to her, and that's just one little example of a whole bunch of examples. You don't know, could go on. Justice Mills coming in and out of the lineup. Some days at first base, sometimes at DH. Uh, that's hard. That's hard for her. Melissa May, You know she played flawlessly at shortstop for 16 games while Dalton's out Dalton comes back. She immediately goes to the bench. And, and yet, you know, was buried in the conference tournament. We, we didn't even play her the first three games, but she's so good. And I, I knew we had to have her after there championship and you put her out there and she hit the home run, the free run home run, you get three RBI's. And, and that's how talented the player she is. Well, it's, it's confusing to each one of these players with at first at first, when you get on that team with a bunch of great players, it's confusing. And there's a growth period where they have to learn to adjust and adapt to that. And it's, I use the same philosophy I use in the NPF, where you have 24 players on a roster, all of them are all Americans. In June, it isn't pretty. <laughs> them 24 players, 24 all Americans that are all great softball players, have learned how to sit on the bench. And, and some of them's got to become a role player, some of them's got to become a cheerleader, some of them's got to play it all. It's got to be a great teammate, and the key to winning the NPF championship is having players sixteen through twenty four on your roster happy and being great teammates if they're if sixteen through twenty four are great are great teammates, one through nine perform well on the field and and so it takes time to to take those twenty four all Americans and turn them into a ball team or a ball club at the end of the season and there's a trick to that, and that's the same way we are. We got an enormous amount of talent, but when we started in January and February, they didn't know how to be a great ball team. Something They had to learn how to be together to form a great ball team and a ball club. And I, I felt like the Sun Belt was just a tremendous uh, indication that they had become that ball team that we all envisioned they could be, and, and I'm excited about the regional. I always want to see them continue to grow as people. And, and each one of them, be a, if they're great teammates, we're going to
0: be fine. Great stuff. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned Sunbelt, uh, getting four teams in is a great sign of where the conference is and what it's moving toward. My final question for you this morning, Coach, um, you mentioned a lot of your players and you can hear the pride you take and how much they've grown this year. Um, your players also take some pride in you. Alyssa Dalton said last night you know what what a region what winning uh wanting to win a regional for you would be she said it'd just be awesome to do that for coach glasgow it'd mean a lot to him he works so hard and coaches all of us every day um she said obviously we want to win as players but we would love to win for him how does that make you feel coach before we let you go
1: uh Uh, really good you know like I'm just proud of my kids. I'm I'm always proud of that. every team. is different. Every team has different potential, and you know that 2018 team. You know, Cara Grimion, Lexi Como, and Kelly Martinez. I'll never coach a team, even if I had a team win a World Series. I'll never have a team I'm more proud of than that team, because that team, to me, reached their potential, or even exceeded their potential. And become a great team, great great teammates to each other, and, and and I feel like this team's on the verge of that right now, and I hope they do. But it, it makes you feel good because you go through. You know, it's not easy being a a player for a coach, a demanding coach. And there's times when you know I'm I'm hard. I'm not easy on these kids. I'm hard on them. I expect them to be. I expect them to play as close to perfection as they can play. And, and you hold when you hold a team and team, uh players on that team to a high standard and you're you hold them accountable there's times when it's it's frustrating for them and frustrating for their friends to watch and frustrating for their parents to sit in the stands and watch and frustrating for my wife to watch you know it's just hard and and yeah at the end of the day you know you you love your kids and you hope your kids love you, that's your job. If you're doing your job as a coach, they should love you at the end of the day. um, I'm proud of Alyssa. It it really just um, overwhelms me to know that she would feel
0: that way. Coach, I appreciate you taking the time uh, every Monday this season. I'm hoping to be talking to you next Monday about a Super Regional. But in the meantime, I know you guys got a lot of work to do. We'll let you run. All the best. Thanks again. And uh, we'll be listening and watching this weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's coach Jerry Glasgow, great stuff from the Rage of Cajun head softball coach. Baton Rouge Regional, Louisiana, scheduled to take on George Washington this Friday at 5.30. Could be a little later, depending on how long the LSU-McNeese game goes before that, but we will have it for you right here. Steve Pelequin, Bobby Nova on the call on ESPN 1420 and all weekend long.